You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 55. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. The new church year has just begun as I am recording this, and it's time to get ready for a new life in Christ this year. I want to talk to you about the value of writing your thoughts down daily, especially in busy times like this season. However you want to do this, with a journal or a notebook, it is imperative that you get your thought life out of your head where it may be keeping you stuck and get those thoughts onto paper. This is especially important if you are going through a challenging situation. Byron Katie talks about this mind drama scenario as a war that is only one on paper. So why is this? Why do we need to get our thoughts out of our head and onto paper to win the war? Well, there's many scientific reasons for this that I've covered in previous podcasts, but the general explanation is because we are blessed with vivid imaginations that are there to work for us, to work for our future dreams, for innovation, and bold missions. But our minds also make up a lot of drama in our lives that frankly isn't true. And so that is what we must corral. We must be very cognizant of the fact that our human brain is very complicated and wants to give into pleasure most of the time. If our brains are thinking of many things and put you into overwhelm, then you will have a tendency to just want to quit, just give up, or at least complain a lot. Well, the human experience revolves around being efficient and getting the most pleasure for the least amount of work. We call it like getting the most bang for your buck, right? And God made us this way to get things done, to get going, to work hard. This isn't a bad thing, but the problem arises when we are always giving the keys to our lower brain that is our passive intellect. It is here that we often surpass reason and let our ego just run wild like a wild horse. And if you don't tame this horse, if you don't tame this thinking with understanding, reason, and judgment by sending it up to your possible intellect, then you will experience more anxiety and you will want to buffer with something to stay out of discomfort as much as possible. Now, this buffering for my client usually involves food and beverages first and then may lead to other vices as well. And it usually does. Me too. I know I talk a lot about discomfort. I know I talk about it quite a bit, but honing in on the skill of feeling discomfort, of actually feeling any emotion and being able to sit with it and embrace it will enable you to do hard things in your life and not abdicate your free will to other people or substances. Another word for embracing discomfort is redemptive suffering. And redemptive suffering is the Catholic meaning of discomfort. In other words, all discomfort can have meaning when offered to God at the foot of the cross. The other option is just to stay nailed to the world where you cannot move. This is where most people reside. This is where people feel like they are stuck, but they're not. We were made to be pilgrims, always on the way 
on the way toward Christ. Through him, with him, and in him, we move on this journey. Our minds, our souls and bodies, they need direction here from him and from us. Discomfort in the form of redemptive suffering can work for you. One way to help you understand discomfort and redemptive suffering is to write down the experience that you are having with some type of thought model. Now, in my course, I use the model that's based on Thomistic thinking of St. Thomas Aquinas. And I teach this in my course and use it daily in my own life to rectify my thoughts, to sit with my emotions, to get coached on both of these things, to take appropriate action and get amazing results out of my life. From this thought model, I can then take the obstacles caused by my thoughts, by my emotions and actions to confession and all of the sacraments. This is where the true healing begins and my woundedness starts to end. The thing is, you have to write it down, my friends. Write it all down. And your lower brain that wants to keep you happy all the time says that writing things down in an organized manner is not efficient. We don't have time. It always says this is way too much work. And those are lies. Another lie isn't just making a to-do list instead. Oh, I'm not going to write down my thoughts. That's going to take a really long time. So I'll just make a to-do list. Well, to-do lists are great. They definitely help keep me organized. That's for sure. But they only work after I have taken all of my thoughts out of my head, put them on paper to take a look at what's going on with them so that I can then prioritize that to-do list and then keep it from overwhelming me. This is the way that I get to a solid action plan for my day that helps me stop the buffering with food and alcohol and even like Amazon shopping and whatever else wants to take up time in my day in the name of momentary comfort. This, my friends, is what leads to feeling stuck or overwhelmed. And we should not be surprised that when this is happening, there is probably some demonic involvement. The demons always want to move us off our holy task, especially spiritual fasting. And one of the things I've loved about life coaching is not only learning the thought model and getting coached and doing bold and beautiful, daring things with my life, but I've also learned about the truth of my body and soul and how I can subject myself accidentally or even intentionally to the nudging of evil influence. Yes, the bad angels are able to nudge our thoughts. So with the help of the sacraments and devoted prayer, I can minimize this with God's intervention. Deliverance prayers have become a regular staple in my daily routine because I want to intercede for other people. I want to fast and I want to worship God. And of course, they do not want that. So the point is, is that I don't have to abdicate my free will over to other people, to demonic nudges, or even brain-altering substances like sugar and alcohol. I do. I call sugar and alcohol brain-altering substances because it puts that into my reality that I don't need them. I can have them at specific times that I plan on, but I don't need them for comfort. I know this sounds interesting and different. It sounds like doing all of this work is challenging, and it is, but unless you get your thoughts on paper so that you can actually see what you're thinking, and then talk to another person about it as in a coach or therapy, it's hard for the healing to begin. And what's really beautiful about all that is it makes it really easy to take all of that to confession and talk to a priest, to take it to adoration, to ask God about it, 
to just to take it to your spiritual director. Once you get all these things on paper, it's very easy to deal with. Now, not everyone needs therapy, but in my opinion, everyone needs a coach. And not everyone has a spiritual director. So find a Catholic coach just for a little bit of direction. They're not the same. They're not the same at all, by the way. But just having a little Catholic coach direction can help you tremendously in your life. My coaches, both Catholic and secular, have changed my life. I have a much more emotionally balanced life now. I really can figure it out. And I am addicted to the sacraments. So our emotions come from our thoughts. And unless we learn to process our emotions and sit with them and deal with them, giving them over to the Holy Spirit to ask what needs to be done with this emotion, we could remain stuck. Until we are willing to figure out our thoughts and emotions, it will be difficult to stop buffering and spiritually fast. One beautiful thing about a moral thought model is that we learn to pour our thoughts on paper and from there, just separate the drama from the facts. It's so much easier to deal with situations when you're dealing with only the facts, as you know, in life. Well, when you are dealing with the boring facts of your life, because they can be boring, they're really kind of neutral. Here's the facts of what's happening in my life. Well, then you can actually see what you want to think about it. What you think about your life actually gives you a vibration in your body called an emotion. And from this emotion stems your behavior, both external and internally. And this is what you do and what you don't do. And then at the end of the day, there's a result. And this is how you show up in the world. So this is the daily outcome of your life. Your outcome is always a result of your thoughts. As I've said before, you have the facts of your life that's in the sea line. And those facts, you get to choose a thought to think about the facts. The thought creates a feeling. The feeling creates your actions and your actions create a result. It is that simple. Some of my clients have to start with emotions in their body first in order to get to the thoughts that they are thinking because many thoughts are unconscious and they can't figure out what am I thinking that is making me feel so sad or so angry. And this takes great work. but. At the end of the day, it's so satisfying when you finally get to the thought that is actually causing the problem because you can change it. Let me give you an example of someone that I coached a while back. She came to me from a very insecure place with a lot of drama about a work situation that she was dealing with. People were talking about her at work, she said, and there were meetings that she was not invited to. She felt like her boss did not like her and that she was going to get fired soon. She was crying and said she felt stuck. She said that she was overeating and overdrinking because her work situation was so difficult. She found it very hard to spiritually fast. So she and I put her story into the model, and this is what we found. The facts of the situation were this. One person told her that another coworker was talking behind her back about the project. There were two team meetings that she was not invited to with the executive team, And her boss had not said any positive comments in the last week. That's it. I asked her what her thoughts about these facts were. And she replied, well, I originally thought I'm going to lose my job and my team hates me and I'm not respected. That was originally what my thinking was. But now that I see these facts, maybe it's not that bad. I then asked her how her original thinking was making her feel. And she replied, angry. In fact, murderously angry. (laughs) We laughed. Are you hearing the drama in this situation? 
Can you imagine her lower brain, her passive intellect, urging her to just run away and get out of that situation as soon as possible or she could die? I mean, sometimes our brains go to these extremes. That's how off base and dramatic we can get if we don't manage our emotions. We then got into the action line, which stems out of our emotion. And remember, we have to be careful about our emotions and not living from them before we put them through reason because emotions lived out of passion or anger. They can really get us into trouble. I'm sure all of us have gone through that. So I asked her about this murderous anger here. And I said, what are you doing or not doing out of this emotion that you're feeling? And she answered, I'm gossiping about my team and boss. I'm eating more fast food than usual, especially French fries, Diet Coke, and ice cream. I literally stopped working out. And she said, and I'm watching Netflix more than ever. I'm definitely not writing out my food protocol because I don't want to follow it. I really just don't. I am praying, but I'm not going to the sacraments because I'm crying a lot. I just don't want to. I'm yelling at my kids and I'm venting to my husband. And also I'm not sleeping well, which is actually making all of this very hard. Okay. So we wrote all that down. So then we went on to the result and I asked her, what do you think the result is from all these actions? And she replied, I'm so inefficient, Beth, in every area of my life now, and especially at work these last few weeks. I walk in, and honestly, I hate them all. I literally cannot do my job. I feel so bad about this. I am showing up looking as bad as they are. And then she realized what she had just said. I'm actually acting like they are, the people that she was quote-unquote hating. So going back to the facts of her story, Here's how I coached her. So client, is it true that you're going to lose your job? And she replied, no, I think I just want to quit and get out of the situation. Okay. And does your team really hate you? No, not everyone. Just this one guy who gives me a lot of trouble and has always given me trouble from the beginning. And then I said, are you disrespected by everyone on your team? And she replied, no. In fact, I have two really good friends there that are very good to me and we get along great, but they're not on my project. I continued, let's talk about your manager. Does he normally compliment you all the time? And she said, no, he's just not that kind of guy, but he is excellent at what he does and counts on me a lot, probably too much. He trusts me to get things done, but this last project was very difficult and something that was really new to me. Okay, I said. Are you not willing to learn new things and possibly fail a little bit to become excellent at it? She thought for a moment and she replied, I want to learn new things, but I'm a perfectionist and it scares me. I replied, so is this the reality of your job that you will never have to learn new things, deal with challenging personalities and work on difficult projects? And she laughed and said, no, I'm going to have to do hard things at work. I'm going to have to work with difficult people. Ugh, I can do it. I said, what if I told you that you can't control other people, but you can control yourself? What if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to grow closer to Christ in this very moment and learn to love those who persecute you, to love those that are different from you? She said, I think I need that. I'm very headstrong. Well, I laughed and I continued, well, I'm that way too, but I am learning that to be the best person that I can be, I have to be attentive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in every situation of my life. And I know when I don't want to do the things that are good for my soul and body, 
that I am veering off course into vice and that is not serving me. I'm wondering if your thoughts in this situation are not serving you. Maybe they're not even serving your coworkers, your manager, your family, or even your job in general. I don't think you are stuck. I think you can learn to manage the whole situation. It's good to remember that all the people around you at work really get to do what they want. They're adults. And what if your leadership fires you? What's the worst thing that can happen? Because you can't control them. And ultimately, you can't control that. But you can control yourself. My question to you is, are you being the best team member you can be? Are you talking and working out of an attitude of love and abundance? Are you having discussions with your manager from a humble place of confidence and security and trust in God? Do you have an attitude of being the best employee that you can be no matter what? What if you walked in on Monday and thought they can have meetings without me because I can't control that, but I can show up and be respectful and collaborative with everyone? no matter what others do. And if this doesn't help, then I can get another job. But the thing is, what I want you to know is don't leave the job out of spite and murderous anger, but leave it out of love, power, and self-control. That is what I would like to suggest. That is scripture from 2 Timothy 1. It's one of my favorites. For the Lord did not give us a spirit of timidity and cowardice, but of love, power, and self-control. That love and power only comes from the Holy Spirit. Self-control quickly follows. The other thing is you can pray and fast for your team, your manager, and for all those that are hurting you. This, my friend, is the game changer. Spiritual fasting changes everything. This may not change them visibly to your own eyes, but be assured the Lord will be working on them and you will have started that. You. You have done it with the power of the Holy Spirit. You can affect their very souls. But the biggest thing that will happen is that your fasting and praying for them will transform you inside and out. The Holy Spirit will be at work in you from the very beginning, even when you fail. When we talked about what she was thinking, she said this to me. Oh, I am making up a story. And I'm telling it to myself over and over again as if I'm a victim and they're the perpetrators. You know, Beth, the story is not true. I am just hurt and I'm scared and that's all. And I am fighting back with a bad attitude and terrible thoughts. So I'm going to change. I'm going to have compassion with myself and I'm going to have compassion with my team And I'm going to write out a plan of how I am going to walk in there on Monday morning with confidence out of love and abundance for them, for my own family and for my husband too. And I'm going to get back on spiritually fasting for all of them and for discernment with this job too. That is the key I've been missing. I ended up coaching her on how this is really how we proclaim the gospel. Jesus Christ demands that we proclaim the gospel to the nations. We were meant to fast and pray. We were meant to intercede for others, my friends, and to worship God all day long, especially interceding for those that don't like us. When we step out of that arena of prayer and fasting, we lose. 
One way to stop the drama and telling ourselves stories and abdicating our free will to others and to the evil one, by the way, is to write down our stories, gather the facts, put it through the model, get coached on all the thoughts and emotions, take it to confession, and change for the better. This is prayer and fasting. You may think it's all about food, and it partially is about food. We talk about that ad nauseum. But it's also about our thoughts and how we show up in the world if we are not willing to write down the things that are happening in our lives. We think we'll remember, but we don't. To take it out of our brains and put it down on paper will win the war of our minds. And let me tell you, the evil one doesn't want you to do this. So he will nudge you. Yeah, you know, it's really hard. Takes a long time. It'll be okay if I don't do it. No, you want to put those thoughts on paper. We can then learn to identify our thoughts and emotions, sit with those emotions and put them through reason. We can learn to choose better thoughts if we need to that serve not only us and our families, but ultimately serve God and all those around us. And one of the things that we must do as well is go to the sacraments often. We really need to fall in love with the sacraments again in our Holy Catholic Church. Fulton Sheen says that the sacraments are so important that they are gifts from the church that meet you at every point in your life. He says that the divine life of Christ is poured into our souls through the sacraments and that we must run to them for healing. He continues that the divine life pouring into our souls is not there because we believe it is there. He says it is there because it's actually happening. When we receive the sacraments, this is the reception of changing grace that Christ confers on all of us when we attend them. He goes on to say that you don't turn on a water faucet and water comes out because you believe in the water. The water is actually coming out of the faucet, whether you believe it or not. Sheen says the church takes care of you through the doctrines, the sacraments, and all that it is regardless of the human beings within it. Grace like water is indispensable for our bodies and souls. It is time that we handle our emotional lives by taking charge of our minds with the grace of the sacraments. This is spiritual fasting. This is intercession and worship. This is delay and pray. It's definitely a lot of work and it's going to serve you immeasurably. It is priceless. And if you work on it diligently, especially together in community, you will see results in both body and soul pretty quickly. You will stop those emotional drive-through binges of French fries and ice cream. You will learn to sit with an emotion and just feel it instead of eat it or drink it. And your life will be better than ever before because discomfort is the only currency to growth. Redemptive suffering is the only way to get to the other side, which is heaven. The Holy Spirit is the advocate. He is the true comforter. The Holy Spirit is the true comfort, not sugar, flour, and alcohol. Start fasting and praying and your best life will be with you right now. With journaling and coaching, you can see your actions in reality so that gossiping, murderous anger, jealousy, envy, all these vices can be confessed in detail. They can be renounced in your journal. Don't give up your agency. Stand up and fight that story you tell yourself. Fight with prayer, journaling, coaching, fasting, scripture, all of it. Get that scripture into your thoughts daily. Breathe and live the word of God. He is our only hope. Let him give you your thoughts. 
Let his word fill your brain and your heart and your body. Let the Eucharist fill you, all of you. Let your intercession and your worship serve him with vigor. Get coaching on this reality of yours. My clients do it all the time. Those with the best results get coached consistently or watch the replays consistently. Learning the thought model takes time and diligence and we do it together. You know, this world will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. This life is given to us to make saints out of our very selves. Those difficult neighbors, those difficult family members, coworkers, and managers, they're the ones that will get you there. Thank them. You yourself are getting all of them to heaven too, you know, because believe it or not, you bother them. (laughs) We don't think we bother others, but we do. We do. We're getting them to heaven. They're getting us to heaven. How amazing. We're all on a pilgrimage here. We journey together as a community and make many stops along this long road. Often we are simply living out the mysteries of the rosary. If the goal is simplicity, efficiency, and the most pleasure by the least amount of work, then we need God to do that. The human experience is meant to search for God in all things all day long. Father Jim Blount in his preaching says, Jesus is my Papa. I ask him about every move I make. He says, is this okay, Papa? What would you have me do here? (laughs) He's so cute. Well, we need to follow Father Blount's lead. Ask Jesus what we should do a hundred times a day. This is where freedom resides because he's always going to give us the answer. He will not keep anything from us. Food freedom and all interior freedom is made easier through spiritual fasting. It moves us towards God and towards people, even difficult people. Today's culture is caustic in the way that it just shuts out opposing viewpoints, challenging situations, and morality as having the final decision, of course. It's always been that way. Fasting will bring this back to your family, and they are the most important. Coaching through the Delay and Pray group course brings inner peace, even in your families, a different view of reality, and a pure heart. It helps you deal with the everyday challenges of life, including food and alcohol. Coaching is the success to everything. The point is not to run from reality or the culture or the food. It's to engage it with mission the truth of Jesus Christ. My client never did leave her job, by the way. In fact, she was eventually promoted and she put her job in perspective. She said to me, it's just a job. She ended up telling me a few months later, it's not my everything anymore. My faith and my family are everything. Even all the material things I possess are becoming less important now. She said, I think my true mission in this world is really to fast and pray for others, to intercede and worship God as much as possible, especially in the tough situation. I'm finally happy. Her original story that she was telling herself was keeping her stuck and overeating and overdrinking and overreacting. It was very dramatic. And in her mind, nothing was her fault, by the way. Isn't that how we are? It's never our fault. It's always someone else's. But as we worked together, she used her own agency with the power of prayer and fasting and the sacraments to change herself. She put mass, confession, and adoration on her schedule. She journaled almost every day and made out her food protocol, whether she followed it or not. She started to show up for herself, surrendering all else to Jesus and Mary. She interceded and worshiped. She didn't run from her reality. She dealt with it. 
with the Holy Spirit, her true comfort. And we coached on it and continue to coach today. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. So if you're ready to consider coaching and have the best year of your life, then get on my wait list for my next Delay and Pray group coaching course that begins in a month, begins very soon. You will be starting a 15-week regimen of weight loss and faith gain, and it's amazing. That's what we need. It would make the best gift too. It's worth every penny. So that's the end of this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it and you're ready to boldly manage both your body and soul through spiritual fasting. Please like this podcast and share it with your friends if you think they need it, if you think it was inspiring for you so that others will hear the great message of permanent weight loss by learning to delay sugar, flour, and alcohol, even during the holidays. Have a great week, my friends. Keep praying and fasting, and I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.